Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Tuesday, February 6, 2024. Coming right up, we're in the Book of Acts, Chapter 10. Don't you dare miss it. In-depth lesson about having a balance between grace and knowledge. So please turn with me in your Bibles to Acts, Chapter 10, Peter's vision of tolerance. And while you're turning with me in your Bible stacks, chapter 10, please first consider your part in the many-member body of Christ for a $10 donation to this registered nonprofit. I'll send you one of these gorgeous infinity chain necklaces. You hang it from the mirror of your pickup truck or your vehicle or whatever you want. Put it with your favorite things. Go to companionchapel.com. Whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-member body of Christ. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. Help spread the message of Christ's love to a hurting world. God wants his children back, and they can only be reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, please turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 10, and we'll just, I'll do a little summary here because we're not talking about having a picnic okay it wasn't about any change of food laws that mainstream christianity tends to uh go by traditions of men make void the word of god your answer for this vision of tolerance is couldn't be any clearer it's acts 10 28 which we went over yesterday but i'll just hit it today let's do it and he said unto them you know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a jew to keep company or to come unto another nation Okay, so this is what Peter is saying to Cornelius, a just man. As we read over in the last, uh, in chapter 10, verse 22, he was a just man. This guy was solid. He was no slouch. He wanted to hear the word of God taught. He identified the mainstream clergy of the time, also known as the Jews. It's an adjective, very flexible adjective, nouns, and verbs in the original language manuscripts to describe the lead clergy and their followers hostile to Lord Jesus Christ and his followers. God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, is trying to establish a church here. Now through these 12 apostles, sent out ones, we have Peter. And now we're going to the Gentiles. Cornelius, a just man, wants to hear the word of God, not the laws of the Pharisees uh, and Sadducees. It's not God's laws. Man's laws creates division and chaos. God's laws create peace and unity to get us back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. That's what it's saying. It's not lawful for a Jew. And Peter's saying this, a Jew is in a geographical noun. I'm a Jew. I was born in the land of Judea. And that's how it was used back then in that particular context. Okay, to keep company or coming to one of another nation. We know this word nation is different from in verse 22. It's alafalos. The foreigners say, hey, we're not supposed to be sitting with you, right? Like, there's just this thing. You guys came and invaded us. We don't like you. You don't like us. Why don't you go play somewhere else? But no, you asked me to come over. You're my enemy. You're an invading army. This is Cornelius. He's got a hundred soldiers at his disposal. He's got the money. He's got the power. He's got a family there. He's got servants. We've read about Cornelius's character. This is no slouch. He wasn't a reckless drunk. He wasn't a sexual pervert. He was a man of discipline, trustworthy. Nobody doubted Cornelius when he said he had a visit from an angel. And he followed God's instructions. Okay, here's your answer. Verse 28, chapter 10, book of Acts, about this vision that Peter saw. Was it a picnic? No, and we go over it in chapter 11 too, so I shouldn't spend too much time on this. But God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean hey let's follow okay peter's vision of the vision of these events are about tolerance and having a balance between grace and knowledge 
Okay, now let's follow this. Where else did you find this in your Bible? Or I'll find it for you. Ezekiel chapter 44, 23. When we're talking about a just man, who is king of the just? That's to say Melchizedek, king of the just, the high priest after the order of order of Melchizedek, that's our Lord Jesus Christ himself, king of the just. And Ezekiel 44, 23, I know this is the millennium period, but all God's prophecies occur and develop in partial and preliminary happenings before they become fulfilled and permanent. We want to get to that millennium period together, and here's the way, Ezekiel 44, 23, and they, the sons of the Zadok, the sons of the just, so you... Um, Adopt yourself back into this family Israel. And this is what Cornelius was doing. Then they, the sons of Zadok, shall teach my people the difference between holy and profane. This Hebrew word here for profane is kole. It's the word common in Hebrew. And it's a noun. The verb is kalal. It's defiled. What happened with uh, in Ezekiel 28, 18? Satan defiled the sanctuary. Things that are defiled. That's what this word common means. The common people of today are defiled. There's so few of them that have surrendered their entire existence over to the Lord Jesus Christ and submitted with an unquestioned obedience. There's a lot of lip service Christians and you got to watch them because lip service Christians, they just drop that terminology around. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. To gain trust on false pretenses, like the lead clergy today. There's nothing new under the sun. You can spot a phony. Anyone can spot a phony. If you find a man, woman, child of God that's a teacher, you support that teacher. Chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And make sure you get the word of God out there. It's like, for, for example, for myself, back in the mid-90s, like I was lost, man. I'm telling you, I, I, it was, it was downtime. It was I had to look up to see hell back then. At three in the morning on this piece of crap TV with two wires sticking out of the top. You get three channels if you're lucky. I never even watched it. just had it on. Three in the morning, laying there on a the couch, staring at the ceiling. Who comes on? Dr. Pastor Arnold Murray, Shepherd's Chapel. How did he get on TV? Because people supported him. And right away, I knew, this guy's teaching the Bible. I've been starving for this. I've been hungry for this. I'm eating it up. That's the spiritual food I needed. It's like, this vision of tolerance to Peter here. He has to have a warning. Be careful of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It's about the spiritual meat. Food for the soul. Your spirit. Your governing index of inward thoughts, feelings, and intentions. Your spirit is your psyche. You have a psychological reaction that gets processed by the brain to initiate a physiological response. What did I do when I heard that truth? In the mid-90s, it was a big deal. I grabbed a pen right away. I just started trying to write stuff down. Who is this guy? What's going on? Everything he said, I was just writing it down. Writing it down. Writing it down. And then, I couldn't find him for a year. So who was that guy? In that year, I reread my Bible. And then I found him again. Shepherd's Chapel. There they were. Mid-90s. What if nobody sent money to Pastor Arnold Murray? Never would have broadcast the word. That's why it's so important. To support your pe pe teacher, your pastor, whatever you want to call him. So much support the word of God. Whatever, with whatever God-given talent you have, he expects you to use it in the many-member body of Christ to help glorify, magnify, and broadcast his saving word. Like what's happening here. For the spiritual meat, as it's written in 1 Corinthians 10, verses 3. Watch out for the leaving of the Sadducees and Pharisees. That's what these guys were carrying. This 
gorgeous white sheet, this fine linen, was bound. That's Dale. It's like a daughter of Abraham, which Satan had bound. It was bound with all these ideologies of worshiping God's created things and what mankind does with those created things makes up ideologies behind them. Symbols, statutes, but it's what's behind that statue. It's what's behind that idol. The ideologies behind it of not worshiping God himself. That's why, okay, let's just, let's just let the, let's, okay, we, we put that one home. Not anything common or unclean. This word unclean is a katharatos and the previous 21 times in the Bible it refers to evil spirits. They had evil spirits in them. God has showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. We just went over those two words extensively and how they go down back into Ezekiel chapter 44. Because if someone has demons, devils, evil spirits, and they're coming to you, asking you, can you teach me this book? You better. It'd be like, you know, just a major hypothetical situation here, right? This will this will never happen. But just say, say, who are the meanest? Who are the worst people on planet Earth today? The people that can stare you right in the face through a screen, and and lie and have evil thoughts, intents, and actions against you. Well, let's just say, uh, you know, if we were in the forties, we could say Hitler and jo and Dr. Joseph Mengele. Today we can say Joe Biden and Dr. Anthony Fauci. Along with their henchmen like uh, uh, Bill Gates, Klaus Schwab. Okay, let's just say they roll up here in a pickup truck. I'd be like, whoa. If they were coming up here with Bibles, can't call them unclean. They want to know, hey, what's the truth? What is the truth? We want to hear it. That's what we're talking about here. But if they rolled up here, with a hypodermic syringe just long, saying, Michael, you haven't rolled up your sleeve yet, and they had guys running around in white suits with butterfly nets trying to catch me, then that's a different story. I could call them common and unclean, and a lot worse things, believe me, my etiquette can accommodate that. But if they come up here asking to, to hear the word of God, like Cornelius did, then... You have to do it, and you do it out of the heart. God wants his children back. They can only be reconciled through the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't call any man uncommon and unclean. That's the vision of tolerance. It wasn't a change of God's food laws. We know that. Okay, so let's, let's boogie along here, and let's get down to verse 33, which I read yesterday. Immediately, therefore, I sent thee, and thou hast done well. You came here. Hey, Peter, thanks for showing up. And with your six bros, right? So there's seven of you, spiritual completeness. Now, therefore, we are here present before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Teach us the word. What did, look at Cornelius, what he did uh, in verse 24, the Acts chapter 10. Cornelius waited. He was waiting for Peter and his friends. He wasn't going down to the churchy church where the guy would have been all dressed up, you know, like in, in the big fancy clothes that we talk about, effeminate clothes, what Jesus Christ said. What do you expect, John the Baptist, to be dressed up like those guys over there in the church, acting all holy with their, all their holy things? It's called an ephod. Forbidden after the book of Hosea, by the way, which I've taught. Where was Cornelius? Cornelius was waiting for Peter. Remember what they said about Peter in Acts 14, 13? They said, look at these unlearned, ignorant. They're just, they're just staring at them like, like people stare at me like, 
Ew. Look at this guy. You know, like just looking down. We are learned. We are educated. We are you we have money. And our money adds to our opinion. People think money can buy respect, character, common sense, trust, patience, integrity, and love. They just think their money oh yes, and my opinion. As much more value because look at my money. Look, I have an aeroplane, a boat, I have uh, cars, trucks, I have stuff and things. Look at me. That's what they think. And none of them have any inner peace. And we pray for these people. Don't call them common or unclean. If they're asking you, can you teach me the Bible? Can you teach me the Bible? What did Cornelius do? He fell down at Peter's feet. Can you imagine Peter walking all that way in a pair of sandals? Like, men's feet are, are gross. In a pair of sandals. <laughs> anyways, all right. So, anyways, clearly, right in front of all his kinsmen, all his friends, all his hundred of soldiers. Here's Cornelius down on the ground, and Peter said, "Get up, man. That's forbidden. That's forbidden." Remember what happened to John, the angel. He did. John did that to an angel. And I'll just go to Revelation 22. It's the easiest one to find because it's the last page of your Bible. And and I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, you, you don't do that, John. You get up. I am thy fellow servant of thy brethren and prophets of them which keep the sayings of this book. Worship God. We are the angels. We're all part of the many member body of Christ. And it depends. You know, it depends on what you decide to do with your time. That's it. You had your chance. What did you do with it? Worship God or not love God? It's totally up to you where you go when you die. And Peter opened his mouth and said, Of truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Hey, dude, listen. You and your fancy castle here, Cornelius, with your hundred henchmen and everything, God doesn't respect you for that. He respects you because you're reaching out to him with an open heart. That's called the uncircumcised. That's called the circumcised heart. It's open. Ears and heart are open. That's what that means in the Bible over and over again. Because we're going to get into another argument about this uh, in a few verses. But anyways. But but in every nation that he feareth him, that's revereth him, and worketh righteousness, is accepted with him whomsoever will. God is the father of the whole human family. He wants his children back. Some of us have more of a responsibility than other people who have been given time and and place and an education who God gives much to, he expects much in return. You know, it's like people, where's some people today that have been dogging me? Let's see, what, playing golf on some, you know, on some golf course somewhere. What are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your time and your money? Who God gives much to, he expects much in return. He wants his children back. What's going to happen? Everything's going to perish with you except what you did with your time. That's what you'll be judged by. Worketh righteousness, accepted with them the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preach, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all, Lord of lords, King of kings. He is Yeshua, Messiah, Lord and Savior, the only begotten Son of God, first and foremost in importance in the universe, most precious in the universe, perfect in righteousness, perfect in trustworthiness. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son, is the author of salvation, the perfect truth. Lord of all. Verse 37 of Acts chapter 10. That word I say, you know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Okay, that was the start of his ministry. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that 
were oppressed of the devil, for God was him. God was with him. Now this word with is meta. And meta means to walk amongst your mental disposition, your thought patterns. Emmanuel, God with us. We know from uh, Psalms chapter 22, Psalms chapter 35, when you see that word darling there, it's such a word. Yaqid in the Hebrew. Yaqid. Yaqid in the Hebrew means a very piece of my darling soul. A very piece of my soul was in the Lord Jesus Christ, God saying. Very piece of my life force. Your soul is an energy. Your spirit is an energy. Together they make up your identity. A very piece of God's soul is your life force. Your spirit is the intellect of your soul. Your active attitude that motivates all actions. It's your personality, your character. It's who you are. What you are is your soul. Someone could walk in here. I don't know this guy, but I know he's a human being. And not Jesus Christ, I know, was God. God with us, Emmanuel, with, walked right amongst. That's what the word meta means. Be careful what you allow to get meta into your psyche, your spirit, the intellect of your soul. Satan's greatest trick is to fool the whole world in thinking he doesn't exist. And these guys go around calling it meta. We're going to change your thought patterns. We're going to walk amongst your mental disposition. To get you to think a certain way. To reduce your ability to think critically or independently by meta. Your mind. It's called psychological warfare. Menticide. Brainwashing. Mind control. To change your religious authority. Away from God to something mankind made. That's what this chapter is all about. Manuel, God with us. And we are witnesses of all things. Which did, which he did both in the land of the Jews. In the land of Judea and in Jerusalem. Right there in the capital. Whom they slew. Who's they? Well, let's just go back a few chapters. We knew who did it. Stephen was IDs them, who they are. And throughout the Bible, there's a huge thread who they are. They turned into the lead clergy of the time. And they slew him and hanged him on a tree. This is a big deal today because I got to make an admission. I read the manuscripts, the original language manuscripts, and uh, study it through the lexicons, and I skipped over this. And sorry, not sorry, for all the arguments before about was it a cross or was it a sturos, a, a tree. Okay, so here's your answer here. Was it a cross or was it just a sturos, like a stick going up and down? The sturos just means it was stuck into the ground, standing straight up and down. That's what that word sturos means. But here we have, he was hanged on a tree. Thank you, Luke, for straightening this out for us. And I skipped over it. Sorry, not sorry. I'll tell you right now. Tree. Zulion. Something made out of wood, which is someone is suspended on. Across. Page 472. I used the Thayer's lexicon too. This is Liddell Scott. Page 472. Liddell Scott lexicon. Lumber ready for use including torture and prison restraint devices, it was a cross. Okay, so that ends that debate right there. It's right here. He was hanged on a cross with railroad spikes. I can't talk about it. And he was raised on the third day, and he did that for you and because of you to pay a price that none of us could pay. Raised on the third day, and, and he showed openly. He walked around. Not to all the people... But unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people. That's a commandment. That goes for us too. Now the imports to us today. All these things were written for examples for us in these end times now. These are commandments to us. To preach unto the people and to testify that which 
was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. Now I'm going to give you the thread, number one, if you want to write this down. Where did Jesus Christ go for three days? Went back to the prisons, okay? Prisons of, you know, prisons of what people think. Their different ideologies put them on the hell side. First Peter chapter 3.19. The threat for that is John chapter 5, verse 25, and Ephesians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10. Now let's go quick and dead. Quick just means we're still tripping around in the flesh here, right? Dead just means your flesh is dead, but your spirit, intellect of your soul, is a closed energy system. And the laws of thermodynamics... Energy cannot be created or destroyed. A closed energy system cannot exchange physical matter. Therefore, it is closed. Not like your body is an open energy, open system in the logs of thermodynamics. It goes back in the dirt. This closed system, it goes somewhere when you die. Your consciousness, you have a consciousness. You go somewhere when you die. Remember, death, in the etymology of the word death, in uh, biblical language that includes the Arab, and Greek never denotes non-existence. You have a conscious existence either with God or you can go to the nether, nether parts of the earth where there is no praise or presence of God whatsoever. And, and you can kick it there forever, man. You just, you with all your ideologies thinking that you were, thinking that you were all that in a bag of chips. I'm going to rewrite the Bible. Whoa, when I see Jesus Christ, there's some things in here. We're going to have to sit down and rewrite these rules. Well, this is your employee compliance form. God's got tons of stuff for us to do for an eternity. He's going to take care of us, keep us busy. He's the creator of the universe. It never stops expanding. Entropy, information theory, entropy, energy. I think I messed that up a little bit, but just hang on. The universe is constantly expanding. God is constantly creating. We're going to have work to do. And you want to be with God. You want to be a servant. This is your employee compliance form. If you, if you get a job down here somewhere, one of these ridiculous jobs on planet Earth where nothing matters but everything continues. A ridiculous job so you can live you know, your life of quiet desperation. You still have to obey the employee compliance form or you're going to get booted out. Same here. It's the same thing. You're, there, you're not going to go in and rewrite the Bible, big shot, okay? And that includes that lady over there. So, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I got some things to tell to, tell to Jesus. Oh, not good. Uh, there's some things in here that... I just, they're just not convenient for me. So I'm going to rewrite these things and then everybody else comes. Yeah, I'm going to be God now. That's what you think. If you think you know better than God, that is irrational. That's irrational. People cannot be reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and here we go to judge. Jesus Christ is the judge. He earned that designation. Jesus Christ earned it to be the judge. He did not sin. He took the lowest earthly position for us and because of us, for me and because of me and for you and because of you. He did not have to do that. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. All sin was hyper-focused on him. All temptation was hyper-focused on this one man who manifests a little lower than the angels for us to be our teacher, our master, our rabbi, our savior, our salvation, our deliverer, our redeemer. He paid the price for us. Innocent, not guilty. They mopped the floor with him. Satan was on his case all the time. No sin penetrated the Lord Jesus Christ because if he sinned, the kingdom of heaven would not be valid or legit. We would have no way out. No one could forgive us if it wasn't for that man, Jesus Christ. He paid a price none of us could pay. He's your redeemer. So he earned his spot 
as judge. And that is universally recognized. He is the only one that can forgive you for your sin. At a universe that is universally recognized to allow you judicial clearance back into the kingdom of heaven. As we work our way back to get into harmony with our Father who art in heaven, sacred is thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven through Yeshua, Messiah. There's going to be a great separation of people. And it's heart-wrenching. It's absolutely heart-wrenching. That's why the Bible said, eat it up, drive it into you, Johnny. Revelation 10.10. There's going to be a great separation of people. People I love. Someone, Someone said to me the other day, not long. I said, I don't want chemical fertilizers all over this property. There's 77 acres here, and I don't like it, right? And and I said, well, I'm, I'm trying to create a, a, you know, independent food system here, and we're doing pretty, we're, we're getting started. Small garden, there's, there's places unlimited possibilities. Big river in the back. And I said, well, the ecosystem of the soil has been destroyed. What feeds us? God's sun, the eco, ecology of the soil, the pollinators, not chemical fertilizers. God move over GMO. So we had to get sheep poop brought in here and spread around, rototiller it in a small little area because the rest of the property won't do nothing unless it's chemically bombed. And this guy said to me, someone who I love, very close to me, probably one of the closest people to me, said, God doesn't know what he's doing. I'm like, just it just felt like a kick in the gut. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Your ideologies, your stubbornness, your ambassadors of arrogance, unthankful, ungrateful, overfed, unconcerned. And that's where are you now, right this second? You're not at a Bible study, I can tell you that much. And you're not thinking about it because I know what's going on. It's too bad. We pray for everybody in the human family. It's heart-wrenching to know there's going to be a great separation of people for people who don't care. They think they know it all. They stand for nothing and fall for everything. There are people that say, I believe in myself. Everything I do is morally and ethically correct. And whatever's convenient for me, whatever my preferences are, that's what's true. That's what should be the standard. And that's what people think. And that's what's going to land people in hell. To him, verse 43 of Acts chapter 10, to him give all the prophets witness. That's what we are supposed to do. Witness what is written here. That's what prophets are today. We don't foretell nothing. Who do you think you are? We foretell what is written. Read the last page of your Bible. Nothing can be added and nothing can be taken out or sugarcoated. Ezekiel chapter 13. My outstretched arms are there. And you guys are just trying to cover them up like this. Like putting doilies on it and sugarcoating my word. And I'm against those that teach my children to fly to save their soul. Right there in the same verse, Ezekiel chapter 13. That's what you're trying to do. Be, pro- be witnesses to the prophets. That's, don't be a commentary bandits or motivational speakers using the Bible as a random book of quotes. Those people, Cornelius didn't like them, and I don't like them either, but I pray for them. They got a lot of people following them. Do not be deceived, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, from the manuscripts to the lexicons, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins upon repentance. That means I have a change of heart towards the sin itself, not in aftercare or annoyance towards the sin itself. I don't think like that anymore. My reactive attitude that motivates my actions doesn't create that construct anymore. My thoughts and my tents or my actions. And Peter Yetwell spoke these words. The Holy Spirit fell on all of them which heard the word. 
and they have the circumcision. That was his six buddies, which believed were astonished. They're like, wait a minute. As many as came with Peter, six people, the seven with Peter, because on because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, hey, speak with tongues. This isn't Babel. Just go back to a few chapters, Acts chapter 2. In perfect clarity, that's what speaking in tongues is. And if you want to flop on the floor like a mainstream Christian from Hollywood and call that speaking in tongues and you do that here, I'm going to get a garden hose and spray you with it, you sideshow, fake, slouch actor. That's what you're doing. Allowing demons, devils, evil spirits to play a snare drum on your head. It's an act. It's a sideshow. And thus, they could hear it in their own dialect, their own slang. That's, well, God is establishing a tr like the church here, the assembly of his many-member body, his family Israel, as it's written, Romans chapter 9. What we had, this, he had to do these things. Can any, and then Peter said, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Okay, so listen here. The Holy Spirit came before baptism. But you get baptized. It's an act of obedience. Okay, and, and here we have it. We have some good, solid Christians here. And they wanted them to stay for a bunch of days. For what? To drink liquor or do some stupid stuff or sit around and talk about nothing? No, they want to hear more of the Word of God. They want to find the threads that run through the Bible that make up the glossary so we can understand the key of David itself. It's those threads that run through the Bible from the key words. Like we went through today, we went through a bunch of key words. Those threads that run through the Bible make up the structural fabric of the key of David itself for understanding and interpretation. It's the glossary that's within the Bible that's only found in the manuscripts through these lexicons and we study it together hey listen i want you to have yourself the greatest day i gotta go cut some wood and i just want to say one thing there's nothing i enjoy about uh physical labor and it's a nice day today there's certainly not enough firewood in here to get through the winter and there's some out front right now i want to thank you very much for watching have yourself the greatest day god bless you and bye for now